0: I was watching a video from a place called Staffordshire University, which is in Stoke-on-Trent, England, by the way. It was about college students, mental health, and ways to de-stress. They had facial oils to rub on your temples, massage, yoga, a huge gong. But mostly it was a video of students petting dogs. This has a name, Animal Assisted Therapy, and it's becoming increasingly popular on campus. We visit St. Lawrence University, much closer to home than England, for a pet-assisted de-stress sesh on today's Story of the Day.
1: Support for Story of the Day comes from Long Run Wealth, an SEC-registered investment advisor in Lake Placid, providing comprehensive wealth management, retirement, and financial planning
0: solutions. LongRunWealth.com. Hey, I'm David Summerstein. It's Wednesday, December 20th. First up, an update on a story from last week. A public library in the southern Adirondacks is getting closer to reopening after a controversy over a drag queen story hour that never even happened. The library in Lake Luzerne has been closed for three months after staff and board members resigned. Some said they were being harassed. As Lucy Grindon reports, three new library trustees were sworn in last night.
2: Back in April, the library scheduled a drag queen from Albany to read children's books to kids. Dozens of people showed up at that month's meeting to oppose the event, including a local Baptist pastor who was later elected as a library trustee. The drag queen story hour was postponed and never rescheduled, but the controversy continued. Over the summer, the librarian said staff were being harassed at work. She and a clerk resigned. Disagreements and frustrations among trustees led some of them to resign, too. By early November, only two trustees remained, not enough to form a quorum to do library business. The State Board of Education had to get involved to appoint three new people. Locals sent in applications.
1: I was so pleased that 11 people cared enough to go through the process.
2: Sarah Dallas, director of the Southern Adirondack Library System, was part of the group that reviewed the applications. They crossed out all the names so they wouldn't know whose application was whose. Dallas says they looked for people who had experience working on teams and who cared about reopening the library. They forwarded top candidates to the Department of Education. A department representative said in an email that state library staff interviewed the candidates and checked their references. Then they presented nominees to the Board of Regents who approved them. Maggie Hartley from Hadley is one of the new trustees. She says she has only one priority, to get the library reopened. The library is
1: vital to the community. It's a place, obviously, for books and where kids learn to read and go to story hour. But it's also a community center. It's a place where there's Wi-Fi and where there are computers and where there's a copier. If I'm working from home and the power goes out, I'm going to the library to work.
2: Hartley says she's optimistic that she and her fellow trustees will be able to work quickly.
1: I do feel like the board has a common goal of getting the library open again. So hopefully we will all move forward and, uh, and work together and uh, get the place reopened.
2: Their first order of business is to get back to searching for new library staff. Lucy Grindon, North Country Public Radio.
0: Governor Kathy Hochul has signed new legislation that creates a commission to study reparations from slavery. Karen DeWitt reports the group will look at potential monetary reparations for New Yorkers whose ancestors suffered under slavery in New York.
1: The new law establishes a task force to study the impact of slavery on present-day New Yorkers and look at the possibility of paying monetary reparations, as well as examining changing housing policies and reforming a criminal justice system that disproportionately imprisons black and brown people.
3: By signing this bill today, I'm authorizing the creation of a commission, a committee to study what reparations might look
1: like in New York. Hochul says New York often pats itself on the back for being the center of the abolitionist movement in the 1800s, with famous residents including Frederick Douglass, Harriet Tubman, and Sojourner Truth, as well as a robust underground railroad. But she says New York's history has a darker side. Before slavery was abolished in the state in 1827, she says 20% of New York City's population was enslaved Africans, 40% of colonial households owned slaves.
3: Here in New York, there was a slave market where people bought and sold other human beings with callous disregard. It happened right on Wall Street.
1: Even after the North won the Civil War, redlining in white neighborhoods and other forms of segregation kept black and brown New Yorkers from getting ahead economically. Speakers at the announcement included the first African-American woman leader of the state Senate, Andrea Stork-Cousins, the black New York State Assembly Speaker, Carl Hasty, and the Reverend Al Sharpton. Sharpton credits Hochul for her courage in creating the commission.
4: Where you go and cut deals on Wall Street, our forefathers were put on blocks and sold like a soap. Hochul
1: says the 2022 mass shooting in her hometown of Buffalo, where a white gunman targeted and killed black shoppers, demonstrates that there's more to be done.
3: I don't want to pretend I didn't have some concerns about this. I know many have. Here's what I do know. Anyone thinks that racism and hatred toward blacks no longer exists. Tell that to the families of the 10 victims in the grocery store in Tops at the massacre in Buffalo, who once again, Once again, I'll be staring at empty chairs over their Christmas dinner.
1: Republicans in New York disagree with the reparations commission. In a statement, the GOP leader of the state Senate, Minority Leader Robert Ort, called the commission divisive and unworkable. In Albany, I'm Karen DeWitt.
0: College students... And professors, not forgetting about you stressed out professors, have a lot on their plates this time of year. Finals, papers, keeping grades up before vacation. St. Lawrence University in Canton has a way to help its students take a break from the stress. Katherine Wheeler reports from a room full of dogs.
4: College students sit in a circle on the floor. Black pants and pet hair be damned. Four dogs, Chomsky, Gracie, Skye, and Ivy, roam around the room. They aren't doing anything special, but the students coo and aww over them anyway. St. Lawrence University hosts weekly pet de-stress hangs. Faculty and staff volunteer their own fuzzy critters to be the centers of attention. Wellness Education Director Laura Lavoie says petting a dog or cat can release some anxiety and lower stress. It serves as a nice transition to heading into the weekend and closing out their week to take some time to just kind of casually hang out with other people, get to play around with some dogs or some cats, and kind of feel like this reset. Nathan Tejeda is a regular, and regulars apparently bring their own lint roller.
2: I bought one la- at the end of last year. Oh, <laughs> <it's> just, I-, <laughs> I learned my lesson. Yeah, I
4: Tahita spreads out on the floor, petting two dogs at the same time, while also getting kisses from Ivy. She's called Little Miss Licks a lot at home.
3: Cute, hey, not the face. You get everything else, but the face. Many of the
4: students who come to these meetups are missing their own pets at home. Across campus, deep in the science library, Kubu the cat is lured into laps with pieces of plain donut. While the dogs get together weekly, the de-stressed cats only grace campus with their presence occasionally. It makes them even more beloved. Miso Wilson is a senior. She taps the floor with her hands, begging Kubu to come to her, all while thinking about her own pets. It's very hard being away from home. I live in Colorado. That's where I'm from. That's where all my animals are. So... This is really nice to just, you know, every week have somewhere to go and kind of get that love and affection. It's very just kind of like centering after a long week. Being around the animals draws out stories from all of the students about their pets at home. I thought my cat was big. Oh, my mom sent me a picture last night. We just have like one back inside the dog room, Kira Royce's therapy dog, Gracie, lays on her back, paws up. Royce is a counselor, and she regularly brings Gracie to her office to help students. She says these hangouts help students relax and build community far from home. So A lot of times in the fall, we'll have a lot of first years coming in. are really nervous, and it gives them an automatic thing to bond with each other about and start talking about
2: their homes and their own pets and families and where they're from. So it's a great way to connect and make a rapport.
4: Despite the impending weekend, students are slow to leave their cuddly friends behind. Chomsky the dog is asked if he wants to move into a sorority house on campus. He declines, but promises to come back next semester ready for more. Catherine Wheeler, North Country Public Radio in Canton.
0: We have more news all the time on our website, ncpr.org. Music today by I.M. Snow Angel of Lake Placid and Gretchen Kohler and Daniel Kelly of Potsdam. I'm David Summerstein, North Country Public Radio.